from three countries. <laughs> they say, please greet Open Church. Number one is from Lesotho, Maseru. <laughs> they said hello, they love you so much, and of course they are also expecting you. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yes. They, are, they, they also want you there. Very, not so pastanic. Now I'm not joking. Very, very much. They say, please tell them we want them to come to the mountain kingdom so that we may enjoy the mountain kingdom. Then one day we go and enjoy Zambia also. So please, you're welcome in the name of the Lord. And we have greetings from Ghana, Accra. We were in Ghana. They say, greet the church where you're going in Zambia. So we are greeting. We have greetings from Johannesburg, Lesotho, from Johannesburg, South Africa. So we have greetings from three countries as we are standing here. <laughs> it is indeed by God's grace that today we are going to handle this topic. And in this topic of outers, we really need everybody to be attentive, to write down. If you have a question, this topic, we allow questions. Nobody shut up in this topic. You can tell your neighbor to say, you're free to ask. To lift your hand, and you're free to ask. Um, unless you ask, that, that's when you can understand. So when we were told that we are going to deal with outers, we said, uh, okay, God, it is wonderful. Now, it is a topic that we need to relax. Where you have a question, you ask. You say, okay, I'm asking, uh, how about this and this? So that we are able to explain. You don't go out with unanswered questions. You say, what was that? <laughs> Praise be to God. Can I invite Pastor Nicholas so that uh, we take off on this wonderful topic? Amen. Uh, uh, hallelujah. So, uh, I will start with one word as we are talking about the outers today. The first word I want to tell you is this. God is so big and every day I feel like I'm in his classroom learning something. You know, there is no point where you can say, I am a graduate. <laughs> I am a graduate with God's things. Every day is like a classroom where you've got to pay attention when somebody's teaching, where you've got to pay attention when we are, you are reading something, where you go to pay attention when God is speaking to you. Uh, I, I was telling my Sylvester, I said, you know, when we were in Ghana, you know, we went to handle something big. We went to handle people who handle Africa uh, financially and whatever, whatever. There's a lot of, it is an organization we went to, it's not a church. It is an organization just of people with all titles in the world, everything that's where we went to. It felt like we are in the classroom, but we saw God manifesting his glory. 
So you can tell your neighbor, welcome to heavenly classroom. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to ask um, Pastor Nick to start with uh, the explanation of the outers. And together we'll be teaching, we are teaching together on this topic of the outers. I tell you today it is more like a classroom that we have. Praise the Lord. I greet you, church. It's a, a joy to stand before you this morning with the leadership of the church, the pastors. And thank you so much for entrusting us with this time. Outers. I would love to start with uh, Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, it says, this is NIV, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good and pleasing and perfect will. Shall we pray together? Father, we are grateful for the reading of your word and for standing before your congregation this morning. We ask of inspiration from your spirit. We pray that, Lord God Almighty, may you anoint our lips, that even as we teach, Lord, may we teach the truth that comes from your word. May we be able, O oh Father, to bring that which is needed in our midst in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the name of Jesus. I believe the Bible tells us that we are a kingdom of kings and priests. And if we have to understand, we have to know that priests, their duty and their role is to minister on the altar. The roles of the priest is to minister on the altar. When you look in the picture of the Old Testament, you find that there was no meeting with God without an altar. There was always an altar to be erected in order to invoke God to come and meet them. So you understand that it is not just what they were doing to God. There were other people who never knew God. They also had to build altars to invoke a God in order to receive whatever they wanted. Are we together? I think uh, for Africa, it's very easy to understand these things. But I believe even uh, all of us can understand because it was happening. So when you read the book of uh, Kings and you come to Chronicles, you find that there were kings which were, you know, lifted and blessed so much because they decided to destroy certain altars before they could reign as kings. And those kings were 
who have been said to be very good kings. But there were some kings who just, you know, moved and continued doing things with the existence of certain altars which were not for God. Now, I read this scripture in Romans specifically to make you understand that in our time, we need to understand that you cannot start anything towards God before your life is transformed. Are we together? You cannot build anything to God unless what is not of God in you is what? Destroyed. So, the picture of the Old Testament showed us that whenever they wanted to establish God in a place, they had to get rid of what was not of God. Now, in our time as Christians, we have to understand if you have to thrive and really transform and make an impact, we also have to destroy certain things in our lives that the life of Christ may be manifested. Because what blocks Christ in our lives are the things we are carrying, are the things that are in a, the background. Are we together? Now, in uh, verse 1 of, Roma, of Romans chapter 12, the last verse says, this is your true and proper worship. I want you to understand that the life of a worshiper is connected to the altar. The life of the worshiper is connected to the altar. And the power of the altar is connected to the God who is behind that altar. Are we together? Meaning, as believers, when we gather here, we have gathered to worship who? God. Hallelujah. And Christ, the ultimate sacrifice, has been offered so that we can appear and worship him in truth and in spirit. Are we together? Now, I want you to understand that the altar represents true worship. And this altar has three things that are involved. The number one thing is there is surrendering. Are we together? Whenever you appear to God, you have to surrender your life. You have to surrender everything. You have to surrender your sins. You have to surrender whatsoever you have been holding dear has to be surrendered so that you can live to worship this God. So this was happening even when they came to an altar. It was a place of surrender. A place where you say, God, it's not in my strength. It is not what I know, but I need you alone. Are we together? The number two thing which was happening on the altar is sacrifice. And if you see in the book of Romans, it is saying, offer yourselves as what? A living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Meaning, this type of service is not a service which is uh, so casual and passive. No. It demands something from our lives. Sometimes it is you don't want to, but you know that you have to do it. So you have to sacrifice. Are we together? Your body and everything about you does not want to worship God, does not want to serve God, but you know that it is right. So you said, I'm not going to listen to this body. I will just go off and worship him. You are sacrificing the joy. Maybe there was something to be done home. You said, ah, no, I want to appear before God. 
are we together? The number three, which is the last one, it is service. After you have surrendered, after you have sacrificed, you can now save. Are we together? You can now save. That's why the scripture ends by saying, it is only when you have lived as a living sacrifice, your life has been transformed, that you can be able to approve what is God's will. Meaning, God's will is subject to whose approval? According to this scripture. God's will is subject to whose approval? A transformed, a renewed person who has offered his life to God and is living for God has the power to do what? To say, this is perfect. This is God's will. That's what the scripture is saying here. So that you can be able to do what? To approve what God's will is, good and perfect will. Are we together? Now, what is an altar? What is an altar? In a simple definition, I would say an altar is a place of meeting. Are we together? It is a place of what? Meeting. Where you meet and experience the spiritual power behind that altar. I want you to understand as we are talking, we are first talking on a neutral way. So we are saying it's a place of meeting where you meet a superior being who is spiritual. Are we together? Meaning an altar can be both be godly and ungodly. Are we together? It can be godly and ungodly. So what determines it to be godly is the activities surrounding it. Are we together? Again, I would say an altar is a place sorry, an altar is a place of exchange. Are we together? It's a place of what? Exchange. Because when you go to God, we give him what is ours so that he can give us what is his. Are we together? So, it makes sense when you are addressing that we need to break altars. We are saying, God, we are coming to you to break whatsoever does not represent you in us so that we can receive what represents you in our lives. Are we together? So, whenever you're talking of altars, there are two things which are so in, important. It is the breaking and the building of altars. Are we together? We need to get rid of what is not of God so that we can establish what is of God. Apparently, the biggest mistakes we make and why we see a lot of problems even as believers is we do not concentrate on breaking before we start building. So we build on top of what is already there. So you find that you can live as a Christian, but here and there something else is pulling you. And say, what, is, what, what is this happening? You know, today you are so holy, tomorrow insults are coming. Why? Because you have not dealt with the wrong things in order to allow the good things to be built. Hallelujah. I'll allow pastor to continue from here. Questions. Today we said we are taking questions. 
Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Before anything, nobody taught me how to, I, I want to be clear, nobody taught me how to. So what happened is this, the ministry was going on, you know, uh, of course, we flow so much in the ministry of deliverance. Unless you ask us like this, that's when you can know that you're in the Ministry of Deliverance. Wherever we go, we'll say, uh, what do you want us to do? Come preach, we just preach. Nobody knows. I, I remember there is a church in Lesotho. They didn't know we are in the Ministry of Deliverance because it's not something that we tell people we do, but we have many people coming. We don't go, we say, if you invite us, if you want this ministry, we'll just do this, this. So, like you have invited us today. Now, as the ministry started, I had a case, a problem. This lady came to me and said, I've been married for eight years and I don't have children. She's a prayer warrior. She's an intercessor. She fasts. You know, everything a Christian does, she was doing them. She Actually, she came from Ghana. Yeah. That is 10 years, uh, 10 years ago. Then she presents it. Then I say, okay, now we are going to renounce because in prayer, there are things when they are torturing and tormenting you, you've got to renounce them. You've got to do what? Yes. Anything ungodly about your life, learn to renounce them, to say, today I reject you and I renounce this. So, you know, Everything used to work nicely like that. Then this lady comes. We prayed for six months. She's not conceiving. <laughs> then one day, I, I said, let me inquire from the Lord because I have seen cancer healed. I have seen HIV healed. I have, why is she not conceiving? So as I, I was praying for her, then I, I, I just have the scripture in me to say, break the altars. Altars? God, what are you talking about? Break the altars. Then, uh, Deuteronomy 12, verse 3. Deuteronomy 12, verse 3. Deuteronomy 12, verse 3. It says, Destroy completely all the places on the high mountains, on the hills, under every spreading tree where the nations you are dispossessing worshipped their gods. I said, oh, what? Break the altars. This problem is not going to occur again. That's when I, I was like, what are the altars? You know. Now, I had to begin to ask, what are the altars? If I hear, for this lady never to have this problem, break the altars. So, Pastor Nick here said, the altars is a place of covenant. Is a place of what? Is a place of what? Uh-huh. So, 
God respects covenant. God respects what? So, if our forefathers made the covenant with ungodly out powers, God respect the covenant. Mm -hmm. Now, if our forefathers made covenants with God, he respects what? So, this scripture we have read, God is saying, for me to move in the land you have possessed, break the what? Because he's a covenant-keeping God. He respects our choice. And if you make with ungodly, he respects that. Now, outers, let me go to this lady. After I learn about this, I, say, I told this lady, she's Rose. I said, Rose, the Lord has showed me what to do to you. Do you know in this ministry we don't pretend? We are real. And we tell people, if we pray for you, it is not happening. Just say it. Don't come pretending to say I'm okay. Look at your neighbor. In this ministry, there is no pretense. It is going to kill somebody. We say, just be real. Say I'm not okay. Then Rose came. The, that is a time we even learned to make prayer points, to pray against altars. And we made those prayer points, and Rose came. On the day we were breaking altars, okay, it was a, a hot day, I can't describe it, how, what was happening there. We finished. We went separate ways. Two weeks later, Rose calls me and said, Pastor Angels, it's like I'm pregnant. I said, who wakes up to say I'm pregnant? We were just praying last day. I didn't know how quick when the cover, the, and God outers have been removed, how God can work fast. I was also learning. I was in the classroom. Then she calls like that. So I said, okay, Rose, I'm not the doctor here. <laughs> Go to the doctor and confirm it. Hey, she didn't even waste time. I'm not going to work. I'm going to the doctor. Even the husband was like, born again, they crazy. She wakes up, she's pregnant. After two weeks. So she went there. Then the doctor says, you are two weeks old, pregnant. So Rose makes a call, coming, dancing. I have a very big God door. By my side, okay, yes, Rose, what has happened? I'm pregnant. Immediately, I think later in the evening, the mother of Rose called her and said, Rose, I know you're pregnant without being telling her. Then she says, who and did what we did on the altars? Who and did what we did on the altars? Rose called and said, I'm confused. My mother has asked this question. I said, can you tell her Jesus indeed? She said, no, I'm flying to Lesotho to come and look at the eyes of a person who can and do what we agreed with ungodly outers. For sure, the mother came after some time 
And she looked at me, she says, how did you just undo that? Rose can go to church, Rose can do things, Rose can do what? But there is a covenant that has been made, Rose can never be well. But it was broken. Today the child is 10 years old. You know when I meet this child at the mall now, I don't even know the child. So, oh, are you the one from the outer? Oh, okay, this is a child. <laughs> <laughs> the name is the Ghanaian name is so difficult. So, so now, altars can never let you go easily mm -hmm. because it is an agreement. So there are certain things you've been praying, you've been fasting, but that problem keeps coming and coming, which means it has a place of landing in your life. It has a what? Yes, it has a place of landing. And do you know how, how it lands? The Holy Spirit is showing us, you know, when we, 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 we give example, we go to the airport, we have one runaway. When planes are landing, others can't take off. So, sometimes in our lives, we have a place of landing for that problem. Especially problems which occur every time. The problems in the families, they can have a place of landing. And you begin to tell yourself, I'm not favored, I'm not what, what. Remove the place of landing. Praise the Lord. Hey, praise the Lord. The easiest way is to remove and to build an altar where our God who is in heaven begins to land there. So we are saying it is a place of exchange. You can say an altar is a place of exchange. You can say that one again. An altar is a place of exchange. What the enemy does, he copies from what God does, now he uses it negatively. Uh -huh. Whatever the enemy does, he has no ideas, he uses most of the things out of what God can do, and then for him it works negatively. So we are saying it's a place of exchange. Let's hear when uh, God says to Abraham, bring a sacrifice, bra, 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 bra. We have heard, maybe you, you, you are not in this ministry of deliverance, so you, you might have not heard. We have heard Satanists to empower them, they sacrifice, including their own relatives. Why? It is a place of exchange. It's a place of... Now, sometimes you can tell yourself to say, 
I'm coming from a background where my mother and my father, they are just okay. I don't think this thing we are talking here is in my blood or my parents did that. I'm going to give you one more example. We had, uh, uh, I, I don't know if Lynn can remember the wife of Patrick, the Indian man, now the wife in church. So, this woman comes from clean background. We can say clean, clean, clean. No, those things. Now, there was somebody who was jealousy. Who was what? Jealousy of her life and everything at work. She's the boss. You know, uh, the, the, whenever this lady looks at her, she's admiring Patrick who's coming to pick up from work. She's doing anything. Then this woman went to Deban. Where did she go? What is in Deban? Do you know what is in Deban? Ocean. <laughs> there is an ocean. She went to the ocean made an altar for this lady to say this marriage gonna finish everything begins to scatter she sacrificed for the lady what happens to Patrick Patrick begins to look interesting in this other person not knowing there's an altar which is speaking. But Patrick was saying I'm a Christian and you know he would just come to say why am I doing this I'm feeling like it's good to be honest how we are feeling. I'm feeling like this. Then he told the wife, you know, sometimes guys, he read every sentence. He, he told the wife, he says, please tell this friend of yours not to come home. Huh? Pastor, my husband is now controlling me. Huh? He knows how he's feeling. Look at your neighbor to say, you know how he's feeling. And, you know, the same outers are activating anger in the wife. Hey, what are you saying? Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Then one day the, the husband comes to report. There's this friend I don't want to see. Now, because we are pastors, we can't tell you to say, hey, he's feeling something. Just your friend. We just keep it. Obey your husband. You understand? We knew what was happening. Sometimes people advise you, they know exactly what has happened, they won't tell you the truth. So now, what, what, what happens with this woman? Uh, one day, she called for herself, she said, you know, I'm in this sense, I've never broken the outers. Today, I, I, I'm coming. Then Patrick was up, hey, today I'm escorting her to the outers. Now, there are certain issues, we don't break outers, certain issues, publicly. We have to do them secretly. And those ones are the ones we even tell the husband and the wife, go and wait outside. So Patrick didn't want to go very much outside. He just go by the door and face this side. <laughs> okay, let's start. Then when we start breaking the outers, the demons, um, the, 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 the ladies manifesting, then the voice of the workmate comes and he begins to confess everything that this person has done. When the altars were broken, the lady shifted from the office because there was nowhere to land. Uh, evil powers 
can never possess a Christian. They can never do what? They can oppress. They can do what? Uh-huh. So, in Christ, we are not possessed. Look at your neighbor. Nobody is possessed here. Nobody. But we are oppressed. Now, each one of us has a condition where you are oppressed. Others are saying, I'm a failure at school. They are oppressed. Others are saying, they, they, they have this problem. They are oppressed. Touch your neighbor. What is your oppression? Something is oppressing you. Because being possessed is taking over. Eh? But the, the enemy has not taken over you. That's why you are seated here. Look at your neighbor to say, I'm seated. He has not taken over. Yes. Now, he can oppress you in certain areas because an outer is uh, a, a, an agreement. The moment, do you know, uh, I like the uh, codes here. This is how it does. When you begin to move. What happened? There is a place that they are calling you from. Unless the power is broken. The moment you have a job, hey, I'm about to be promoted. Back to the earth. Everything is the same. And you even begin, God, where are you? God, where are you? God is saying, for me to move, break the outers. Break the what? Look at your neighbor to say, break the outers. Tell them, break the outers. Remove the landing of the enemy. As long as he can't land anymore, do you know? From there, we started now practicing breaking of out as many times now. Now we knew because I don't know. There are people who can never stop going for deliverance. They will just come, come. Why? There is a landing place. Once the landing place is removed, the, the oppression will be removed. Hello? What is going to be removed? The op there is a poverty oppression, setback oppression, mental oppression. Believe me, there are so many oppressions we have come across. And sometimes those people thought, this person has been like this for 20 years. It was, it was 
oppression. We have seen a person coming blind. What? No eyes. Not blindness. No eyes. And they said, I was not born like this. It started at this time. And, you know, you are dealing with a, a medical doctor who has medical doctors around them. They don't know this person surrender to God. We even ask because we say we, we are not going to force you. You agree for us. Are you ready to do this? She says yes. The moment the altars are broken, she walks out even leaving the walking stick. The oppression. So, where has the devil put you? Is it from your background? Is it something you have met along? It can't let you go. Salvation has come in your house today. Salvation has come. Salvation has come. This one happens in the States. The testimonies I'm giving you, I'm ready to give you the number, you say, let me talk to this one in the States. The lady had a condition. Uh, this condition, okay, I can't even pronounce the name. Pastor Nick, what was the name of that condition? And it happened from the time she was 16. And this, this thing used to occur. It's either after two months or three months or whatever. But it was occurring like that. So we met with the mother at the wedding. You know when you're at the wedding, we, we, we reject somebody who say, this is, uh, we met in South Africa at the wedding. Say, this is the pastor who delivered me. Actually, the same doctor we delivered was the best friend of that one. This is the pastor who delivered me. Say, pastor, I want to deliver. No, 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 we had the wedding. We have to dance, not uh, delivering people, man. <laughs> we also need life. So, later the mother flew to the States. And she introduced us to the daughter. And you can't believe what happened. After a few nights... The bleeding started. Then the mother says, this condition is going to kill my daughter. First we says, okay, we have authority to stop it now in the name of Jesus. Then we're going to break out as, no, she's going to be admitted for three weeks. We say, no, three weeks. Have confidence in the Lord. No, three weeks. We prayed. Father, we pray for this lady. When she's taken to hospital, let the doctors return her so that we break out as by evening. All right, one time. The lady goes to hospital. Later, we just begin to hear messages. You know, they prepared the room, everything, everything. But the doctor says, there's nothing to keep you for here. For the first time, go home. You know, they came home. Then, in the evening, we addressed the landing place up to today. It was 2020 March. Up to today, the ladies okay. (laughs) 
which means the covenants have been renounced. Eh? The operation of the enemy has been cut. He can no longer see you. He can no longer take you for granted. So, Jesus sets you free from those covenants. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, on the last note, before we, we, we say how do we break them, you know, um, where we went in Ghana, it was godly people versus ungodly. <laughs> I don't know if you have ever been in that war. Godly people versus and these people are deep in what the ungodly ones. They were so deep in whatever they have been doing. And the godly people in those offices, very beautiful offices and high-ranked people in Africa, I was telling Sister Lynn, I said, Sister Lynn, people get salaries. <laughs> people get salaries in this world. So, so now, there was a battle between godly people and, and godly people. So godly people who gather together, they are fasting and praying. The next thing, they can't wake up. <laughs> Only ungodly people are even working. <laughs> then they say, so what are we going to do? They do this, they pray, and the, the more they were doing that, then they started feeding snakes moving in their bodies. Hey, you, you imagine you're, you're addressing people as something is moving big, you begin to do this. It's like you're crazy. And <laughs> things which were happening to them, if you're not in the ministry of deliverance, you can take a person to mental hospital. So when they explained, and of course they called other pastors who told them, no, you people are, have got mental... <laughs> Mental illness. So, that's the case. Those are the cases we went to handle. Then when we arrived there, for sure we saw the condition of the Christians. We said, we know what to do to them. Oh, you know, we can't wait. Things are moving. They are like mad people. No. We have just landed. Give us time to sleep so that we wake up fresh to fight. When we started the fight, we prayed, broke other things. Then on a Sunday night, we broke the altars finally. Ding, ding, ding. You know, people, are, they are oppressed. So they are manifesting. They are Christians oppressed. We broke, we broke. In the morning, they go to work. Those ones who were jumping, they are the ones who are walking like this. So we left so much victorious. An altar can oppress a Christian and people think you are crazy. Look at your neighbor to say I'm not crazy. Now, goodness is this. It doesn't matter who did it, how they did it. It doesn't matter who did it, and how they did it, what matters is we are 
breaking forth. Look at your neighbor and say, it's, it's prison break. Yeah, it's prison break. You know where we are? We receive many people from different countries. Somebody asked us, why are you not on TV? We say, is it a show off? There's nothing to show off. We do things in a secret room, in a secret place. Why? It's not a show off, but it's prison break. What matters is you walk out freely out of this kind of oppression. Now point out on but to say it doesn't matter who did it. Tell them it doesn't matter how they did it. It doesn't matter the, whatever they invoked. It is a prison break. It is a prison break. You don't know what I'm talking about, guys. Unless you just hear all these testimonies when we say it's prison break. It's not to make you feel good. It is for sure prison break. Even when you're sleeping, you're like, those guys in Ghana when they were sleeping there, <laughs> for the first time in six months, we can sleep. Yeah, it's prison break. For the first time, in, we can think straight. It's prison break. Praise the Lord. Are we ready? Are we ready? Questions so far? Sorry, I've cruised without pausing for your question. It is uh, easy. Just the word possession means uh, if this is her book, she possesses it. If, okay? It's hers. So now, when you are a Christian, you are already bought by the price of the blood of Jesus. Meaning you are not in the hands. You cannot belong to Satan. You belong to God. Okay. So oppression comes in is where the enemy has some landing things or there is seeing there is something you already belong to god okay but there are certain things which are still under development you have not transformed fully or there are issues like ulcers so the enemy has a way of getting to oppress you make your life difficult but he cannot get you is it clear yes so, we are in Christ. The people who are possessed by the enemy, they do everything that the enemy wants. Right. Here's a question, Thank you. The question is, can one deliver himself from outers? 
it depends with the level of your maturity in the Lord and the altar because there are certain things even doctors cannot heal themselves. Are we together? But there are certain things which you can deliver by yourself because you have Christ in you, you can renounce and command that thing and it can be broken. But there are levels of oppression which needs somebody else. The Bible says one who chases a thousand, two who chases ten thousand. Meaning when there is another person, the power of God is multiplied or tripled. So it becomes easy to break that. Is that clear? Uh, that's why we really need one another. You know, uh, with the things of God, we, uh, we know this, others know that, others know that. So when we bring together all what we know, we are so powerful together. But when we begin to contradict each other and fighting us, we are weak together. So um, I'm going to give the, the last example. This one was a man of God in the Sutu, you know, well-known, big, you know. Uh, I don't know how they call big because for me, I can find a man of God with one member. They are big. I, uh, so when people have got big church, they are big. You know, greatness does not determine how big the congregation is. Even one, if you are pastoring one person, tell anybody you are big. Yeah. Just by leading one person to Christ, you are so big. Uh, stop these things of titles, what, what. One person, you are big. So this man of God with the large, uh, the large following in the country and everything, uh, what happened was <clears throat> we delivered somebody. Of course, that person just came maybe to test us or, or, or anything. That person was in high satanism whatever, whatever they were doing. So we touched that person, and the other friend who was there, outside, went and confessed to say, do you know that one is in Satanism? We didn't say it. So that man of God became so annoyed. So this man of God came, boom, boom, walking like a soldier. And with that, boom, he just opens the door. And he finds us seated there. And with his crew, whose passengers are here, this is my territory, man. Why are you entering like this? No, 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 no. Then he said this. Is. So we said, man of God, can you sit down? We, we, you educate us what you know. We educate you what we know. In life, let's educate each other. Instead of arguing, we started educating each other with the man of God. I want you, of course, that time we didn't want to hear he left. So now, this is happening in Lesotho. There is a cult which has come, and this cult, they are following Christians. And they are reading the word of God and doing everything, then they initiate them. So his members happened to be there in that they even allowed them to go to church. So his members happened to be there. So this man, when the members now identify to say it's a cult, they went to him to say, please we have done this and this and this. Can we receive help? Then he says, no, I have a friend. So he called his best friends. Can you help me this and this? The best friends called him to say, sir, we want to tell you the truth. We don't deliver people. We are, they are liars. And those guys, 
as we do things for money. So if you want the truth, go to that church. Those ones, they do things so real. So Pastor Nick was in Zambia. Then I received this phone call from this same man of God. Uh, Pastor Angela, uh, can we have lunch on a Monday? Uh, uh, lunch, I'm busy, 10 o'clock. Okay, yes, that's me, 10 o'clock. For what? He looks at me, he says, I want to be in your class. I said, what? <laughs> to do what? He says, what you do, I want to know that. Because you do them in the name of Jesus and they work. He's our first student for 2021. Or 2022 today, as we are talking when we go in March, is a first registered student. He says, then he says, please, can I bring those people to be delivered? We say, now that we are friends, we will come to your church and help those people. We went to his church uh, during the week. We helped those people. They were helped. Always there is something the enemy is looking for. So now, uh, I'm going to go to this point to say, oh, there's no question. Oh, please. According to your spiritual level in prayer, according to your spiritual level in prayer, Someone can do that, and they can use the point of contact with you. They can take your jacket, and it represents you, and they call your jacket you. So it is the level of wickedness that people can have. I think what, what I answered uh, that question, it's not that you cannot break as a Christian, that there are degrees where you need help, okay? Christians have the power and the grace of God. There are times when there is no one God can use who's available. Are you with me? So God is not limited to certain people in another country to do certain works. No. No. He will use the available people as long as they believe and they have the faith to step out. Meaning, even at the level you are, when a problem comes, God has a way of giving you grace to address it. But in most cases, people reject the knowledge and they don't know, so they live with those problems. Okay. So there are levels whereby you can know some things and know how to deal with it. There are times even God miraculously can just reveal a situation to you where you pray and it happens. And now what we are teaching is through the knowledge and the experience we have seen, there is a way of addressing them. Sometimes you can be walking thinking you are okay, 
but not knowing, ah, why do I go around circles? Why do these things happen to me? It's because there's a presence of an altar, which when you break, it is broken. So it's not like you can't break, but there are certain altars which will need somebody to help you. Is it clear now? Okay, okay, very, very, very good question. You know, when you are delivered and these powers or demons go, you are free. It's time to do what? To start building your life in what? In Christ and to keep the doors closed. Now, there are times that person may fall back in sin or open doors, do something wrong. The enemy will have a legal ground to do what? To operate. But when you are delivered and you are free, I don't see the same things which were happening happening because deliverance has taken place unless there is something which you don't know which is there. That's what we are talking about outers. Because there are times, uh, I think, uh, we worked here for a long time delivering people. There are times we had six months delivering a person. We are praying, they are just manifesting without understanding. Every time. Now, after, you know, God revealing, you know, having this revelation of outers and what we come and say, no, 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 no. If we don't remove that which the enemy has as a legal right, you cannot be free. You can just experience something good. I'll give you a short example. There was a woman from Uganda and a man, a man is a pastor actually, they came. Now, when they came for prayers, the pastor was a bit, uh, no, I'm a pastor, I'll pray for you. So he discouraged the wife, they went back. So after some two years, they came back. So pastor was not very cooperative with them. Said, hey, I wanted to help this person. They left, then they come back with the same problem. So she told me, just give them prayer points. So I went into a scrambled prayer points and I gave, okay, to see if they are serious, go and pray these prayer points and scriptures, then come the following day. Now, this is interesting. When they went to pray, the wife was so serious, so she started praying. Just prayer points, renouncing things, refusing things. She manifests in the presence of the husband. There are only two. And the demons say, last time we went there, we entered your husband and told him to stop you from going for, for prayers. And he became more annoyed. <laughs> so he came back and said, Pastor, okay, what these things have said, it's true. I stopped her to come for help. 
Now, how did they enter me? They didn't enter like possessing. They used him because he was actually maybe comparing. I can do this myself. I'm a pastor. You know? So he stops. Now, he didn't have the grace for that way. So to cut a short story, you know, it was interesting. We prayed for this uh, you know, couple and God came through for them and uh, today they are so happy. Also, they have conceived. It was about conception. Okay, about conception. The child is three years old. It was about conception. So, uh, praying for yourself also. You, uh, are you observing time, guys? It's 11. Yes? Can we have the question? Pastor Lim, is everybody observing time? Last question. Without their willingness. Okay. okay. If uh, <clears throat> standing for someone, you can stand for your wife because you are one. You can stand for your young brother because you are elder. You can stand for your child because they are under you. You have authority. So now, just meeting a friend and say, whether you like it or not, I'm going to stand for you. It's not going to work. Which authority? So standing for others, yes, works. And we have done that so much, especially for couples. Sometimes, you know, men are not easily. We, we, we have this, uh, she's the biggest judge in the land. So... She suspected something is really wrong with the husband and everything and everything. So she said, Pastor, today I've come to stand for my husband. It is allowed to stand for your partner because God has declared you as one. So we started breaking the altars. This is what happened. When we started, where the husband was, is vomiting and vomiting. He, he can't stand in the meeting. Then when we finish, he calls the wife. Do you know I left you for three months? Now I'm just coming back home and I vomited a lot. So we say, can you all coming him back? Because the outers which kept him where he was, he has been released. So you can stand for someone. Okay, then we continue. I know there was another question. Please, uh, I'm going to say... We can answer outside for the sake of other people's time. And because we, we still have uh, to break, to pray for the outers in this place. So we were talking about uh, sacrifice or which is more about giving when we go to the book of Second Samuel, 2 Samuel 18. Verse 24, we are talking now uh, building an altar to the Lord, building an altar after the evil altar one has been removed, building an altar to the Lord. What happens? We do, uh, we always follow what the Lord spoke unto us when we are breaking the altars. So this time we are reading in the scripture where Everything was messed up for David, and 
24:18, but I, I would love us to read uh, because of time. I would, I would rather, let's read from 21. I'm going to read very fast. Aruna said, why has my Lord the king come to his servant to buy your threshing floor? David answered, so that I can build an altar to the Lord that the plague on the people may be stopped. Aruna said to David, let my Lord the king take whatever he wishes and offer it up. Here are oxen for the burnt offering, and here are the threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty, Aruna gives all this to the king. Aruna also said to him, may the Lord your God accept you. But the king replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offering that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid 50 shekels. Whenever you are, whenever we break an altar, there is a time to build an altar. This is what David was doing, is to build an altar, is to take, you know, long time ago, we did not, David had these things. Then yourself, whenever you are building, you prepare a sacrifice, you prepare an offering for that altar. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. So after everything is broken, there is a time now we enter into confession, building the altar to the Lord. And it's not how big your sacrifice is. is it is something from your heart. You say, this is a sacrifice for me to the Lord on this altar that I'm making. Praise be to God. And that's also a very interesting thing. When we reach that time where we are saying now it's time to build an altar, we have seen people where the moment they are walking to come and give that sacrifice for their altar, they can't reach. They, ah, ah, a person wants to run outside. Not because the oppression can't, they say, if you build that one, I'm finished. So they have to be pushed backwards. So it is something that we really need to be serious about it. And... If there are certain things you are feeling like, myself, I just need something personal. They are what we call personal. Eh? Personal. Yes. It has to be dealt. Personal. Praise the Lord. So now we are going to break out as that is if we are ready. Are we ready? I can see people are not ready. Are we ready? Yes. <laughs> ah, it's this side which is ready. Is this side ready? Yes. Ah, everybody's ready in the house. You know, um, when we are breaking out as mind your business, sometimes you want to watch what is happening to my neighbor. You're going to remain. Sometimes you want what is happening to my neighbor. That's why I'm saying, is, uh, if you say, can I do it alone? Please speak to your pastors. Of course, we will know that you want to do. So if you feel like that, um, you can just relax, just sit.
but this is the opportunity in the house of the Lord that the Lord has, uh, has appointed this Sunday specifically for this. And we have been praying for this Sunday. And right now, the warriors are praying like nonstop for us right now and for everybody. We've got 30 warriors. They haven't been sleeping for this Sunday. That may the Lord show the glory. So now, if you get ready, we always ask to say, you sit comfortable. Please relax. If, yes, if you are ready, may you sit comfortable. You relax. Praise the Lord. Do you know, uh, I'll advise, if you are too squeezed, you, you, you can leave a space. Sometimes we just need the space. Uh, like the three of them are seated behind here. Uh, yeah. You, you yes. If you are feeling shy, it is, tell your neighbor to say, I'm not interested in your shyness. I'm interested in your healing. Yeah. Sometimes we are too shy when the Lord wants to touch us. You know, it's better I walk out healing than thinking, what were you thinking? I don't care what were you. And I'm not that kind of a person who care what another person is thinking me, as long as I'm right with God. So be like that at this moment to say, I don't care what you're thinking, but I'm here to be healed. I'm here to receive. So uh, we are going to have uh, just one minute. You begin to repent. And you repent even where, you know, where I come from. My forefathers, Lord, they sinned. Nehemiah said, we have sinned against you. Not because he did it, because his bloodline, they sinned. So we are going to have this moment as the, uh, the worshipers are just singing one repentance song. Let's take a moment. You close your eyes and we repent together. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive our sins, Lord. Worship the blood of Jesus. Ricato Rodoria Mandere. Forgive us. Mercy. Mercy. Mercy, Lord. We cry for mercy, oh God. Mercy. Mercy. Father, we cry for mercy. We have sinned. Our forefathers sinned. In the name of Jesus. Our forefathers sinned. We have seen the Lord. Forgive us. Wash us, the Lord, with the blood of Jesus.